Word at Work from Fertility Matters at Work is a conversation about fertility and how it affects people at work. You'll be hearing from our community about what they experienced whilst trying to build their families, as our aim is to help you better understand this issue by sharing these stories. We also share our insights as we're now two years into doing this work. Plus, we're talking to the trailblazing organisations who are making these cultural changes the norm, as well as bringing you thought leaders from the workplace wellbeing space. So when I started to build Jack at Work with the topics, I tried to say the HR director's brain and try to figure out what on earth they might need to do to support an yeah. employee, to appease their C-suite, to whatever it might be. There's just so much. I think sometimes there is just so much that an organization, and if the way that, that I and we come at this is, if it helps one person to be mentally healthy, to be stronger, to be happier, to feel reassured, chances are they're gonna be more productive. Welcome to another episode of The F Word at Work. I'm gonna dive straight in to let you know what you can expect in this episode as over the last couple of weeks we've been talking about best practice giving an example in the last issue from Ferring Pharmaceuticals who are newly fertility friendly accredited uh, we've been talking about the policy guidance that we shared for fertility awareness week and our amazing illustration campaign and again I can't thank you enough for all of you who commented and, and shared it and this podcast is also about thought leadership within the workplace well-being space and I think you're really going to enjoy my tummy's being a bit growly apologies I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation today as it is with Paul Smith who is the managing director at Jack at work now Jack stands for just ask a question and it's an awesome mental health platform that has got a whole load of experts answering questions that you might ask about different mental health related topics everything from your general mental health eating disorders addiction suicide grief and then there's all sorts of different things for different communities there's things about lifestyle changes fitness mindfulness and jack has created jack at work and this is focusing on mental health in the workplace. So you can understand why we were so chuffed to be able to be a part of it. And myself, Becky and Claire had a brilliant time with the Jack team recording like short and sharp and concise answers to almost 100 questions. Because if you think about it, if you are massively overwhelmed with whatever's going on, having a bite-sized answer to something is going to be so helpful. And I love the approach that Jack has taken. And Paul will tell you all about how he came to be involved, also his relationship with Jack's founder, Danny Gray, who again is another just an inspirational individual who has overcome his own mental health issues and is on this mission to change the world with Jack. And... I think the approach that these guys are taking for the workplace is so aligned with how we approach it that we just want to help. And if you can help one person, then who knows what you can do next. So have a listen to Paul. I'm sure it will give you things to think about. We're actually doing a roundtable with Jack as this episode lands. So if you're listening to it in real time, which is kind of three quarters of the way through November in 2023, then we're going to be having an amazing conversation and it's kind of testament to the work that they do and that we do in this real collaborative approach to signpost people to other relevant topics so they're talking to their people about us and you know we're ultimately talking to our people about them which is why we've got them on the podcast 
Before we hear from our guest, we just want to mention this season's sponsor, Apricity, which is next generation fertility with a really unique virtual model that uses AI innovation and technology to reimagine fertility care. Now, what Apricity do is offer family building benefit solutions to employers, health plans and individual patients. And it goes from diagnostic testing right through to full fertility management, including medical treatments such as IVF, egg donation and egg freezing. Apricity helps build families by providing access to the best doctors, technology and unlimited support. So to discover how Apricity can support your employees, just visit apricityfertility.com. Welcome Paul Smith from Jack to the F Word at Work. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good. We've had a bit of fun working together over the last few months. You and your team have done an amazing thing, which we'll talk about in a bit, because I want to just start by getting a bit of your background, because you've got really interesting background, especially with the different businesses that you've kind of set up. And I think your approach to how work should be, it's really insightful and it's really forward thinking. And I think people that are listening will really be interested in what you've got to say. So just tell us a bit about you and your background. Perfect. Okay. So my name is Paul Smith. Currently, I'm the MD of Jack at Work, but uh, my background is very much that of kind of recruitment talent management. So I built a recruitment business along with two co-founders, always, always did something very differently. So I'm a massive fan of recruitment, if I'm being perfectly honest. We always did a load for charity. Our networking wasn't necessarily that of kind of wine tasting or whining and dining clients. It was very much, let's put on a mad charity event and let's invite and get as many people along as possible. And then let's kind of build the relationship from there. That was quite successful. We very much kind of grew. We're B Corp certified. So we hold ourselves in the highest regard. We're Planet Mark certified. So we make sure that our carbon footprint reduces by 5% every year. And it's a massive team effort. Then during the pandemic, at the beginning of the pandemic, I set up something called Includability, uh, which is a corporate accreditation for organizations that are striving to be more mentally healthy and inclusive. So there's a really big stance on mental health, well-being, EDI, sustainability, talent management, leadership and governance. And then sitting behind that is this huge, incredible community of ambassadors, individuals with lived experience, willing to share their own stories, to empower others, inspire others, and really help people make that progression that probably we all want to see. What I realized was that you can't do it on your own. And actually, by bringing an awful lot of people that are like minded together, then actually great change can happen. So that's gone really, really well. My introduction into Jack was very much that of what had Danny on my podcast, got talking about his experience. And at the end of it, I'm going to swear because that's exactly what he said. But at the end of it, he said, (laughs) I've got this fucking incredible thing that's going to change the world of mental health. And he started to tell me about it. I was like, that sounds pretty cool, actually. That does sound cool. Fast forward six months and he made it happen. He made Jack.org a reality from his own experience. And I guess we'll go into it in a bit more detail shortly. And from there on in, I guess I was kind of hooked because it brought the best of my corporate knowledge and supporting organizations alongside this incredible piece of technology can really provide a safe space for people to go and learn, be educated, be inspired, be empowered, but in a really psychologically safe space. Um, So that's a very brief snapshot of kind of me as an individual. And yeah, I love it. 
Well done. I'm just holding off a sneeze. Apart from the fact that yeah. you've now led me to have to mark this episode of the podcast with an E for explicit, I'll let you off. <laughs> I'll let you off for that concise overview of what I know has been a pretty epic work history so far. So I want to talk about what is Jack at Work, but let's set the scene with what Jack is and then we can explain Jack at Work and how it's evolved. Of course. So Jack.org, the free site that everyone can use with no kind of barriers to entry, is very much, it's been set up by Daniel Gray, who's the founder of Warpaint for Men, and he suffers with body dysmorphic disorder. So through his own struggles and then telling his own story, he was being inundated with people coming to him saying, I feel exactly the same way. My son feels the same way. My partner feels exactly the same way. And he physically felt overwhelmed to say, there is way too many people here for me to go back to. And I need to do something because I think in the world of mental health, there's an awful lot of people that say, oh, we need to talk about it and we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. But actually, it didn't quite seem enough. So he set about on this mission. And at the same time, we were introduced to a a piece of technology, which we've since developed. And that was how Jack was kind of born. It was like half two, three o'clock in the morning. He was laying in bed and he's like, just ask a question. Just ask a question. So he phoned Ash up at half two, who's our creative director. And I was like, mate. J-A-A-Q, how would you say that? He's like, Jack, Jack, Jack. He's like, no, Jack, 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 just ask a question. And that was exactly how it was born. And then we went, we got David Harewood, we got Alistair Campbell talking about his journey with depression, Sophie Bostock on sleep, filmed those five, launched it on World Mental Health Day, October 2021, launched it on The One Show, and the response was hugely overwhelming. We had over 45,000 site visits from 100 different countries, and we paused filming because we knew that this was probably bigger than we perhaps anticipated. We then set about launching as many topics as we possibly could. So Jack.org is underpinned with clinical professionals, psychologists, medical professionals, doctors, psychotherapists. And then we tell as many people's stories of their own lived experience as possible. And that's the hugely powerful thing. I think the power of storytelling is absolutely huge. We were lucky that we've got incredible investors who in the very first instance said, don't worry about the money, it's fine. We just, let's build a product that the world needs. Amazing. You know, our mission and, and our vision is to positively impact 1 billion lives. So that made us free from any of the reins of needing to do something. We could just go and create this product, knowing that at some point in the not too distant future, we need to kind of create a revenue making model. And that's exactly how we got to kind of jack at work, utilizing that same incredible technology, but taking a workplace stance. And so far, we've now filmed 45 experts, workplace experts on over 55 topics. So it's been an incredible journey to get to Jack at Work from Jack.org. And the impact just seems to be kind of getting bigger and bigger, which is incredible. Well, just on Jack.org, if you are listening to this with a kind of fertility awareness head on, we'll talk more about the workplace. But some of the fertility experts from our community have been involved in that. The guys have really thought about that credible aspect of those experts involved. And I think it is just testament to what we're going to move on to, to what's already happened with Jack.org and how accessible it is becoming. And one of the reasons that I think at Fertility Matters at Work, we were so drawn to you guys, is that emphasis you put on collaboration. Because together we are stronger. We can make the boat go faster and we can all shout the same song ultimately. And that's what's been such fun, kind of getting to know you guys and what Jack in the Workplace is all about so how is it planning to change the mental health conversation in the workplace because as you said we all know we need to talk about it it is being spoken about so much more post-pandemic probably than ever before but we still know that there's still plenty of people who are reluctant to reach out and get support and it's down to workplaces from the work that we're doing with fertility matters at work and now the work you're doing with jack in the workplace to encourage that conversation isn't it so 
How is it planning to change that workplace conversation? Look, I think it's a really difficult one, I think, because you can't get everyone to open up about how they're feeling. I think what we wanted to do was, on average, from somebody feeling something to somebody kind of reaching out, there's a kind of a 10 year period before that happens. And at that point, generally in the year 10, they're a crisis point. And what we, yeah, it really is. And what we wanted to do was provide as much education and knowledge that could perhaps help somebody. And when they know it's a psychologically safe space, so we don't capture any data. So of the 50 topics, and we filmed on bereaved by suicide, we filmed on core mental health, we filmed on eating disorders and addictions, fertility, we filmed on menopause, we filmed on, on so many different topics. Then we look into the world of EDNI and transgender and wider LGBTQIA+, and race and ethnicity. Like There is so much. We're filming on grief and bereavement. There is so much that could impact somebody's mental health. And what we're trying to do is create this, I guess, this powerhouse of a platform that hosts experts, just provide that really, really safe space for an individual to go in. Because we know the people that want to reach out, they will reach out. It's the people that don't. It's the people that don't feel comfortable to open up, to speak up. It's the managers that don't know how to start a conversation with somebody who might have opened up to them. And we feel that it's our responsibility to try and arm them with as much knowledge as possible in the hope that when they do start a conversation, either as an individual wanting to talk or as an individual on the end of a conversation because somebody's opened up, actually the conversation is impactful, it's purposeful, and actually it's kind of, it's going to lead somewhere and it's got a bit of action. And we do it because we want to be the coolest mental health brand on the planet. We have the most incredible creative teams. And since we launched at the beginning of July, and it's been a whirlwind since then. We've been inundated with demo requests, with proposals being sent out from organisations on 50,000 plus employees down to businesses of 50 employees and less. And their reasons for liking Jack at Work are all very different. Certainly the big companies have every single mental health provisional product or wellbeing provisional product available to their employees, but they don't use them. Right. A lot of them don't use them. So we want to try and cut through all of that and try and enhance what they do already invest in. So what we want to do is link. So anything that an organization has can be linked to the conversations that we film. So if they've got, as an example, if they partner with FMAW, we can then put that on the fertility question and say, you have a benefit available or on menopause or whatever it might be. So we want to enhance what they're already doing. So then we're putting on events and we're putting on webinars and drop-in sessions and lunch and learns. And then we're building this thriving community out. So We understand that somebody's journey to talking will be very different to somebody else's journey to talking. And we want to make sure that we don't just rely on, we build a product, we deploy it and we hope that it lands. It's we want to do everything within our possibility and within our realms of possibility to say, what do we have to do? So even working with construction companies and we know that there are hard to reach people, especially male dominated, that it's the highest industry wise, it's the highest suicide rate. And they have their cabins that are loaded with posters. If we just put another Jack poster in, it'll just get lost. You know, we're going to be putting the Jack QR code on the back of the high-vis jackets because it's the one thing they have to put on every single day that gets seen by an awful lot of people. So it's trying to do whatever we can to have the impact, to bring visibility, to make them come onto that platform, feel comfortable to ask the questions. And the only thing that an organization sees is some anonymous data. And that for us is the really important thing is they can see what questions have been asked. They can see how long the user has been on there. They can see how many questions per session 
per user has been asked and they can see what the top ask topics are. So hopefully it will help to either reaffirm their strategy to say, we're on the right lines, we're yeah. really educating and supporting our employees, or perhaps realign and say, do you know what? We didn't necessarily even think that our employees cared about that or thought about that or wanted to know more about that. And then we can help introduce them to experts to have that full round impact. Because one of the conversations that we have with organisations is nobody's talking about this, so why is it an issue? And we try to highlight that people aren't talking about it because they don't feel comfortable talking about it. Have there been, with some of the conversations that you've had with organisations, when you're talking about the different topics that you're covering, surprise that that's a topic, you know, that that's something that they should be considering. I know that there's been more conversations, for example, about suicide and the workplace needs to be a place. And you're doing some brilliant work with, I know, with Ripple, who we saw at your launch to get that intervention happening. Are you seeing areas like bereavement is a newer one that organisations are starting to realise how much more they can do? Are people starting to say to you, gosh, we really haven't thought of that being an issue? Do you know what? Not even necessarily. So when I started to build Jack at Work, with the topics, I tried to take the HR director's brain and try to figure out what on earth they might need to do to support an yeah. employee, to appease their C-suite, to whatever it might be. There's just so much. I think sometimes there is just so much that an organisation, and if the way that, that I and we come at this is, if it helps one person to be mentally healthy, to be stronger, to be happier, to feel reassured, chances are they're going to be more productive. Chances are there's probably going to be less presenteeism. So actually, the all-round impact is massive. And that's where I would say less of a surprise. We just know that there is so much that an organization needs to focus on. And who are we to dictate which ones are more important than yeah. others? We just need to make sure that we're here. We're kind of growing. We're evolving. We're listening. We're building a group of Jack advisors. So any company that comes on board essentially gets a seat at the table to say, what's your challenge in your business? What's your focus for the next three, six, nine, 12 months? What is it that we're glaringly missing? Tell us, because we don't know everything. But together, when we start getting enough people together, all of a sudden, we're going to start to build a huge and incredible picture of where we need to go. Then we find the experts, then we film with them, and then we make sure that we've got additional events and webinars and drop-in sessions happening on that. And you mentioned how a company can kind of gauge the engagement, that it's anonymous, but they can see uptake of certain things you also mentioned that organizations have got access to other mental health tools that aren't being utilized and I know there's some really smart engagement tools you mentioned the QR codes I know there's like Jack Coffee where you're doing pop-up stuff in workplaces do you think it's having more of a visual presence of this conversation that will make people actually go and click because ultimately what we're talking about is I mean, it's an amazing looking alternative social media platform, even though it's not It's so much more than that. But it's a platform that we've been used to. We've grown up with some of us, not so much as others, but we're used to finding information in this way. Yes, it looks very different and packaged very different, but getting people to click on that thing. Is there a focus on doing more in the workplace of so people like you mentioned posters? I mean, for example, we did a session recently about men's fertility and we had two men talking, a gay and a straight man talking about it. Again, interestingly, it was with a construction firm who were keen to focus on that male conversation. And one of the things that they were talking about, one of the speakers was saying that he was in a service station recently and on the back of the loo door, there was a poster talking about checking yourself in the shower and like reminding men about physically checking themselves. So that poster element is obviously still an impactful, but I'm just curious as to other ways that you're looking for that visual representation for people in the workplace to try and then get them to engage. And I think the route that we're taking is we're being expected. So I think rather than becoming another product that 
perpetuates the problem. There's so many mental health and well-being products and niches out there that probably people don't already have the time to look or the time to see or the time to use. Now, I do fully understand that we could be put into that bracket of adding to that. But what we want to do is the products singularly are incredible resources. They're there for a reason to support the employees. And for whatever reason, the usage rates lie around 4%. And if they're lucky, they will go to kind of 6%. That's still a very small proportion of the workplace that are actually utilizing the products on what is ordinarily a reasonably sized investment in it. So what we want to do is have the expectation on from both sides to say, we've got an incredible creative team. We can create incredible resources. We want to think way above and beyond what is ordinarily the route to launching a product, the engagement. So understanding their full comms strategy and then putting the expectation on the client to say, this is your job as well. This is your job to make sure that you as a business are communicating this consistently, making sure that it's high on your agenda every single month of your board. Do they know what we're doing? Do they know why it's here? Do they know the impact that it wants to have? Then we can start looking at the measurement of that impact. But also the Jack Champions for us are a prime example where we could have just built a product and it looks incredible. It looks really slick and hope that it worked and probably still had half decent retention rates. But NatWest have seven employee resource groups. 27,000 people are part of those employee resource groups, which is a big portion of their. So just through them, we've done meetings with their employee resource chairs and co-chairs, then their wellbeing initiatives and their committees, then their mental health first aiders. From that, we've got 92, so far 92 in less than three weeks, Jack champions that have come forward to say, we want to be a Jack champion. We want to know as much as possible. Feed us with as much information because we want to be a better colleague. And therefore, the engagement can come from any Jack champion, generally speaking, they're wellbeing champions, employee resource group chairs, or mental health first aiders. So they're already caring. A lot of them have their own stories. So it's not just relying on the tech because it's led by people that actually care. Normally, we've gone through things. I've suffered. I have BDD myself. I've suffered for the last... 26 years with suicidal thoughts you know I've managed to cope with them but I understand how important something like this could really be but it is everyone's responsibility to make sure that these things are a success and I can give you a perfect example of how effective that is at NatWest because I was on a webinar recently talking about changes in women's health in the workplace and NatWest were part of the conversation talking about the amazing work that they're doing around women's health and the lady who was speaking then went on to talk about you so I was like yes she was talking (laughs) exactly about the platform Um, (laughs) and I think that whole cultural shift and it's the same approach that we want with facility matters at work that we want that kind of that empowerment to come from people within an organization to feel that they can speak up and they can speak out about what it is they need and I'm interested as well in how you feel with all the different conversations we're obviously talking to you from the fertility point of view from the time that we've worked together and the things that we've kind of talked to you about and it being another conversation on the landscape in the workplace that we want people to engage and understand and ultimately support and managers to feel empowered how do you feel that's kind of faring alongside the uptake with things like suicide and bereavement and neurodiverse issues and all the different things that we have? Because 
we kind of see trends, don't we? I mean, we see that we're following what the menopause conversation did and a lot of the conversations that we have with organisations, they've already been doing that menopause piece and it starts to help them to think towards fertility. And then we go, well, it's not just women, you do realise. How do you see these kind of conversations faring amongst, you know, that big list that is on that wellbeing in the workplace agenda? Firstly, that's really difficult for me to answer right now because we only launched three weeks ago with kind of the first client. So so that's kind of still going to be, I guess, six months down the road before we can start to kind of look at those trends. But I think what's really important for me is every single, and I've pretty much written 95% of the questions from all of our experts across Jack.org and Jack at Work. And the ones that I've done on fertility and the ones that I've done around kind of that subject, it's the impact that it has on that individual, on the manager, on the business, on the wider family. And we talk about work-life balance or life-work balance, and there is no such thing as work-life balance. It's you you go to work and you can't really differentiate them, especially if you're working from home. You can't just close the door, forget about things. And this is where I think, particularly around fertility, it's an incredibly difficult conversation for somebody to have. If somebody's just been given some news and that's going to profoundly impact them as an individual. There's so many questions. There's so many unknowns before they even think about speaking to their bosses. So there's so much that's kind of being hidden. And if we can educate, if we can reassure, provide a degree of reassurance and education to the individual that's going through that or to the couple that is going through that, then also inform and educate the managers and the employers on what they should do. What shouldn't they say sometimes? How should they approach it? You know, it, sometimes it's not the same journey every single time. And it's like, sometimes you need to back off. Yeah. And, and that sometimes is really important. You're not expected to have every single answer. Sometimes it's just about listening and providing the, the safe space for somebody just to download on how they might be feeling. And that for me, I think, is what we've got the power to, to do is I, from an MD perspective, I don't care whether it has one view or 4,000 views, because if it's made a massive impact, to that one person we don't know the reason why that one person is looking at this one question because it could be that they're supporting a loved one or somebody's going through this and they want to know more so without knowing that information and actually quite frankly i don't care about that information we need to continually put more information in there to make sure that the education is there to make sure that the support is there and then work with businesses to make sure that they are truly providing this really safe space any benefits they've got make sure that everyone's aware of them policies have they rewritten them what are they doing to make sure that people are aware of this is what's available to you this is how you access them and that all ties in with our wider we want to be the leading mental well-being platform in the world that's our aim and we want to do that with compassion with huge breadth of experts talking about topics that actually matter It's so exciting. And I wasn't meaning to put you on the spot in terms of us being a part of the Jack platform. It was more in terms of your awareness in the workplace wellbeing space, because you've now been in it for a good chunk of time to see whether you see certain conversations getting people's interest. Not like they're trendy, but it does feel, you know, and we'll be the first to say it does feel like this year people are finally starting to listen and they're finally going, oh, yeah, lots of people are talking about that fertility thing. Let's start talking about that fertility thing. But Um, it's keeping it going. Exactly. And and, and it's keeping it going. And this is where I think organizations and and i do take sometimes their side on it is that with limited budget with limited resource and limited knowledge normally it falls under let's say hr or certainly somebody that cares about it because they might have been through something to put on something all year round is actually really quite difficult and organizations tend to choose one two three four five different things and then it goes in a drawer and then it gets forgotten about and then actually what we want to do is to not do that 
we want to be the arch enemy of those you know celebration days awareness days awareness months and actually just make it a constant and that's where with the platform where we've got hero banners we've got events we want to go against the grain of putting stuff on during those months because so many people do them and for the right reasons with the right intent but then don't do anything for the next 11 months yeah and, these and that's where we want to... exactly that and these yeah. things are all year round they you're not just having fertility trouble during one particular day week or month it can happen at any point and that's what we want to make sure is all of these things are made aware throughout the year, celebrated throughout the year, educated throughout the year. And that's where I think that we can, from an SME all the way up to a huge multinational and international organization, that for me is where I think we can have the big impact. And the thriving community for me is massive because most companies over a certain size will have employee resource groups. Yeah. But bringing those chairs and co-chairs together in these groups where they're sharing best practice, hopefully it will kind of reignite even more passion even more ideas to make sure that those ERGs continue to have an impact. And when we look at the intersectionality of some of those groups, actually you can be more than part of one, like one of those groups because there's so much that makes up one person. You might have just answered my next and final question because I was going to just say, what would you say to an organisation listening that could be a quick win to encourage people to lean into that mental health conversation and that conversation between the different EIGs, I think is a really good tip, isn't it? It is also... I- is there a quick win when it comes to mental health? I think that's the first thing I would pose. What I would say is the first thing is know why you're doing it. Yeah. Know why you're doing it. Don't make it a token effort because people will soon start to realise. And then genuinely, what support structure and infrastructure do you have in place? If you want to lean in and encourage people to engage in these conversations, if they do, then what happens? So who do you have? Do they feel comfortable? Is it genuinely a space where somebody could come and if I talked to you and said, do you know, I had a really, really shit night last night. That's another E you need to put in. Um, <laughs> if I had a really rubbish night last night and I was having my suicidal thoughts and, you know, I've woken up a little bit groggy. If I was to speak to somebody about that, A, would they know how to have the conversation? And B, would they have the autonomy to say, Paul, no worries at all. Look, completely get it. I know that I will work until seven o'clock in the evening. So I think it's making sure that you know your why, have the infrastructure in place, train, educate employees, give your employees, give your managers the autonomy to know that if somebody has a conversation with them, it's not about targets, it's not about KPIs, it's not about bottom line, because without people, you are not a business anyway. So look after your people and in return, you're going to get an awful lot more out of them. But it's making sure that the story is consistent. The one big thing, if you're going to go quick win, we know the power of storytelling is absolutely mm. massive. So we had a wicked conversation with a lady from a well-known organization who was diagnosed with autism and ADHD at the age of 33. And she decided to open up and speak about it within her business. And the difference that has made to the business, to the policies, to their processes, to other people coming forward, a senior person within an organization sharing their story will probably have a bigger impact than most products that you will buy. That doesn't mean don't go buy Jack, but it certainly certainly is. So I'd encourage you to storytell, make it authentic, and then make sure the infrastructure is in place to actually support employees that do feel comfortable. Yeah, we are huge fans of storytelling, hence having a podcast where we can continue (laughs) to share even more stories. And what a podcast. (laughs) What a podcast. Uh, The F word will have the E on it this episode, but Paul Smith, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. So exciting to be along for the ride. Thank you. And thank you for everything that you do. You are incredible, not only individuals with expert knowledge, but actually just to work with. It's an absolute pleasure. 
Such a brilliant conversation and have a look at the show notes. All Jack's details will be there. I'm sure that from what you've heard, there will be something that you can do that you could speak to a colleague about, whether it's generally in the mental health conversation or if it's directly about the work that we're doing. But our aim for the F Word at Work is to give you ideas to just take action and do something a bit different because that is the way to start this process happening and we know that there's a lot that you've got on your agenda and we know that sometimes it can feel like there's others telling you what to do and you know if you're in HR or in in well-being and you've already got your clear ideas on what you want you don't need anybody else telling you but this is hopefully um, complementing your approach already and helping you see others that can support you in what you're doing have a listen uh, in a moment as to how you can get in touch with us in terms of our socials or getting in touch to have a further conversation we would love to hear from you if you are happy to rate and review the podcast give it a follow wherever you listen that makes such a difference because it tells other people that others are listening and that it's worth them listening or even if you're happy to share it with a colleague that would be massively appreciated too thank you as always for your support we hope you keep listening do follow us on our socials at fertility matters at work on linkedin and instagram and on x with Fert Matters Work. You can access our free resources, including our white paper and policy pointers via our website, fertilitymattersatwork.com, where you can also sign up to our newsletter to stay up to date on our free webinars.